Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. You hear me talk about it all the time. East Tennessee's premier DUI defense lawyer. He also does criminal law. He also does personal injury, and he is a proud sponsor of Reed's Ranch. He's been on with us for over a year, and we appreciate him for his support. If you find yourself needing a defense lawyer, if you find yourself needing legal representation over the holiday season, uh, keep one name in mind, Marcos Garza. Before you say guilty, say Garza. You know the spill. If you find yourself uh, hemmed up, you're going to want the best result possible in your case, and Marcos and his team will do just that. They've been serving East Tennessee for a long time and continue to do so, and the reputation only grows. Let's get to the show. Big win over Gonzaga. Seth is pumped. Let's ride. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to the unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's the dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his haircut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on this point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. An emergency edition. Reed's Ranch, Sunday, December 9th, also known as the day that Tennessee took down the number one team in the country. Seth Hughes joins us down in Alabama. Seth Hughes, how are you feeling right now? Man, John, like, if people that don't know, that don't follow sports, they probably wonder, like, why? Like, why do you care? Like, why do you follow sports? Like, games like that is why we're fans. Yeah. Games like that is why we're fans. We were down nine with six minutes and 15 seconds left. Yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously the Admiral Schofield performance, obviously uh, the shot to win the game, huge. I thought the second biggest shot of the game was probably Jordan Bowden hitting that corner three uh, when Tennessee fell down nine points after the alley-oop. Like, he comes back, he hits a corner three, gets Tennessee back in it, uh, comes back, I, I think the next possession hits another one. Yeah, so, like uh, – the, the, those I mean, two were uh, the second and third biggest shots of the game, it felt like. I, when Bowden hit that that three when we were down nine, like, I mean, Tennessee didn't have all their players down the court. Like, it was a, like we rushed the ball up the court. Gonzaga didn't have all their players back. And, like, he just fired it and just money. I mean, he, he had three threes, not to mention the long two. Um, right before half. He played awesome defense. That was the Jordan Bowden Tennessee's been missing, obviously. That's, I feel like it's been a year and a half since we've seen him. And he showed like, up when Tennessee needed him to show up, and uh, he finally joined the season. Like, it felt good. Thank you. Thank you for joining the season, Jordan Bowden. Nice to see you. 
uh, he just that three was amazing. And then because we were down nine, then all of a sudden we're down six, then boom, we're down four. Yeah. And it was just like, whoa! Like I, I like I had multiple conversations with people when we were down nine that the game was over. Like I thought it was over. I thought it was done. Well, you're a coward, and you gave up. You quit. And you then Bowden hit that three, and it's like, okay, it's not over. And then Bone cut it to four, and it's like, okay, well, this game is really, really not over. Yeah, it, it was almost the opposite. It was almost the antithesis of the Kansas game, right, where Tennessee is in the position where they're up nine and you're trying to hold on. This was the opposite. This was Tennessee coming from behind and stealing the game. A and lot like in the, the same fashion. Like to go along with, you know – that that opposite feeling, like I one hundred percent, one hundred percent believe Tennessee is a better basketball team than Kansas. Yeah, I don't, I do not think Tennessee is a better basketball team than Gonzaga. Like, not clearly. Like, I thought, like Gonzaga looked way better than Kansas did to me personally. That's my opinion. I thought Tennessee was much, much, much better than Kansas. Tennessee was not much, much, much better than Gonzaga. It's probably really close to equal with Gonzaga. Um, I thought Tennessee was just straight better than Kansas, and we lost that game, and we won this game today. Um, there's so many things you can say. Fulkerson had some huge plays too, man. Like we should um, be number, we should be number one in the country. Like we should have, we should have beaten Kansas, and then today we should have locked down the number one ranking in the country. Like th- th- that's what should have happened. Yeah, I don't want to bitch about the Kansas game. It's over. Obviously, we know that was a missed opportunity uh, today makes up for it today this wins huge like Tennessee solidifies itself in in the top five it, it, it announces to the country like hey this team's for real they can win these games not just keep it close and I thought I'm a little alarmed I'm a little alarmed that Grant Williams has fouled out both of these games like that that's that's scary to me when it comes to uh, you know Tennessee having to play big games in the tournament right like Grant Williams mm-hmm. Man, like even when he had three fouls early and four fouls at the end of the game, like he's still going for all those blocks. And I, I thought the foul he fouled out on, he had to take. Like you can't, so, you can't give up a layup in that situation. But there were opportunities earlier in the game that he maybe there, there were chances he maybe shouldn't have taken. Like I'm glad that you think that too, because like as it happens, I thought that the fifth foul was really good because. Like, it didn't give that dude, like, a dunk to go up four. To go up four, to get the crowd going, because it was a pro-Gonzaga crowd, and it allowed Tennessee to catch their breath. Obviously, he missed one of the free throws. So, you know, they, they only go up, what, one? Three. Or two? They, yeah. go up, they go up two, three at that point. Okay, they go up three at that point, and then Admiral quickly comes down, hits a jumper, and it's a one-point game, and okay. So, like, like Grant fouling out, troubling, that, that's scary. But on the same hand, like, it was good that when, as soon as Grant fouled out of the game, you didn't have the panic that you had against Kansas, where Tennessee basically shit on four possessions, it felt like. It, it felt like Tennessee was completely rudderless. Maybe it, was, maybe it wasn't four possessions, maybe it was just two or three, but it, it seemed like Tennessee had no clue what they were going to do on offense when Grant Williams fouled out. Uh, tonight, Grant Williams fouls out, Admiral comes down, Hits a quick jumper. They get the ball back. Uh, Pons comes up with a big steal. Admiral comes down. Boom. 
nails a three-pointer to go up two. Yeah. Uh, Gonzaga, so, Gonzaga ties it again. Boom, Admiral Schofield from NBA range, three-pointer. So, like, Tennessee scored every possession after Grant Williams fouled out, and Admiral Schofield scored every possession after Grant Williams fouled out. It seemed like they had a plan, and it seemed like Admiral was – uh, playing like he did at the end of last year. Like, I, I tweeted out that was March of 2018, Admiral. Like, he was ready to go. Yeah, like – The same so, Admiral that the same admiral that we were screaming that was better than – you know, that we, that, we, that we thought was the leader of the team. Maybe not yeah, better than Grant, like, but we felt like it was the leader of the team, the alpha. So, like, two things I think that worried fans, like – and I, this is me talking, and this is how I feel personally. I think, one – is that, like, the one thing this team has not been able to do, Kentucky, notwithstanding, they hadn't been able to beat a Blue Blood. They hadn't been able to beat an elite-tier team. Kentucky, like, yeah, I mean, yeah Purdue, they, they Purdue. swept Kentucky last year, and I don't want to discount how amazing it is to win at Rupp Arena, but, like, they... You know, that's just different. That's a rivalry game. Like, Kentucky never plays their best basketball until the SEC tournament. Um, you know, they lost to Villanova. They lost to North Carolina. They lost to Kansas. Like, at some point, at some point you have to get over the hump. And, like, it's not that the hump can't be gotten over in March. It's that my fear was that if, the, if they never got over it, they would think that they couldn't. And when we got in that Elite Eight game against Gonzaga or Kansas – or Duke, they would think they couldn't do it, and we would lose the game. Yeah. So, like, that's always, you know, that's all, that was a worry. The second worry was that Admiral, and I'm not blaming the guy, he has to go get paid, but he, you know, had spent all offseason doing what, you know, they had told him he needed to do to become an NBA player instead of being the guy that, was the best player on Tennessee's team last year. It's obvious that's not true either because he was unbelievable tonight. Well, I mean, it, it, it obviously looks – Admiral is obviously more effective when he goes 6 of 10 from 3, right? Like, <laughs> when Admiral is hitting deep shots, and, you know, he was a 39% shooter last year and so far had been struggling a little bit. I think he was down to 33% coming into the game. Me and Will Warren talked about that yesterday on the, uh, the basketball podcast. But – Tonight, he was hitting his shots, and when he's hitting his threes and then, you know, he's even working in the mid-range, I, I thought that was about as good as Admiral could have played. That second half was unbelievable, 25 points in the second half alone. And like I said, Grant fouls out, and Admiral scores every possession afterwards. Like I saw a post on VolQuest this afternoon before the game, and it was by a guy who's a longtime poster but has always been a UT basketball or a UT football guy, and he knows his hoops, and he said – it's the title of it was like basically by the way guys just just so y'all remember Admiral Schofield is the best three point shooter we have so if he misses one don't freak out yeah like, no I mean he he is the best three point shooter we have and you know that's just what that's just the and like that's not because the other guys can't shoot that's because he just went six of ten from three against the number one team in the nation. You know, like, Turner's not playing. Bowden, his three-point shot had disappeared for over 12 months. It came back tonight. Like, the thing about Bowden is that 
when he made that shot at the end of the half, I know it was a long two. It was basically a three. Mm-hmm. But it was so pure. Like, as soon as he shot it, you knew it, it just looked like it was going in. It was a perfect form. It looked perfect, and he drained it because he had no time to think about it. Like, I'm convinced he is just a, a head case. I, to me, it seems – to me, I felt – that Jordan Bowden is a little bit worried about his three-point percentage. Like, he's worried about forcing uh, bad shots. Like, he wants to only shoot if he's wide open. Even in the first – it might have been the second half. Maybe it might have been the start of the second half. Him I and thought jo- he gave up one at one point in the game. Him and that – him and that um, – him and Jordan Bone had a sequence where they just kept passing it back and forth to each other on the top, and then eventually Jordan Bowden shot it and, you know, drilled it. <clears> and <throat> that's whenever – to me, that's when Jordan Bowden has to shoot, like just catch and shoot. Like, yeah, it, it seems. Don't like worry it, about missing it, man. It seems like he's just been a little bit hesitant. Like, I don't know if it's to mess up his three-point percentage or if he just doesn't want to seem like he's forcing bad shots or you know he's trying not to be selfish. But obviously, uh, the team goes to a different level when they shoot good from three-point range. Yeah, and, and like that's we I, we couldn't buy one against Kansas. And if you you know you shot twelve of twenty-nine tonight. 41%, that's where you need to be. And when you get a combined nine three-pointers from Admiral and Bowden, you saw it tonight, Tennessee can beat anybody in the country. They can be the best team in the country. So, like, now, at this point, one more thought. One more thought. Just looking at the, the box score and – Something that we were a little bit worried about when Will Warren and I was talking was, you know, Gonzaga only shoots 18% of their shots from the mid-range. Like, they do a good job of shooting threes and layups, kind of like, you know, the the efficient way that the NBA's kind of tried to go towards. I think it's a really good sign. Uh, it obviously feels better when you hit them. But Tennessee attempted 11 more three-pointers than Gonzaga did tonight. Like, that to me is uh, important. Like, they, they Tennessee's defense kind of kept – Gonzaga away from the three-point line. Tennessee shot 11 more and shot a better percentage. Now, what were you saying about your fears? Like, all my fears about this team are basically have been, you know, negated. Like, um, not that there's not room for improvement. Jordan Bone has to play better. Like, the one thing is that – but here's the one thing you can say about Jordan Bone is that there are going to be nights where he can't buy a bucket, but he ain't going to turn the ball over. He had nine assists. We had seven. We had seven total turnovers as a team. You know he couldn't buy a bucket tonight, but he. Let's see how many turnovers he had. He had three. three turnovers. He had three of the seven. And he had he shot two of thirteen two from of, the field. Two of thirteen. Two of thirteen from the field. Not not good. Not good at all. It was terrible. I mean, I, I texted you. He was one yeah. of twelve. Yeah. The, the last shot he made, the, the other, that, other shot he made was that layup. Yeah, that running layup. That was huge. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they've got to get better at hitting free throws. Like, Fulkerson cannot miss three straight free throws. No. Kyle Alexander has to hit those free throws at the end of the game. But we did this. We did, like, they, the, the, the commentary crew was, was garbage. They were See, I, okay, I, I was watching at I was watching at Hobson Holler, so I didn't hear much. I mean, I, I guess I, we had the sound on, but I wasn't paying much attention to the announcers. Saw a lot of people complaining about that. Like the best player on the court today 
was bar none, I don't care that I am biased. The best player on the court was Admiral Schofield. All we heard about was Norvell and Clark and Hachimura and the point guard. They kept talking about how the, the point guard, like Mark Few described how he played as art. It was It's art. Like, okay. Like, they're really good. They're really good. Grant Williams had 16, 12, and 7. Shouldn't have fouled out. And Admiral Schofield was the best player on the court and had 30 points. Like, I mean... But they never mentioned they they talked they talked a lot about the players that Gonzaga has out, and I'm sure they mentioned Lamonte Turner, but it I it sure didn't seem like they mentioned him near as much as they mentioned the two people that Gonzaga has missing. I don't remember them saying anything about Turner. We did not have the sixth man of the year, who was our best guard, our best pure scorer on the team tonight. And we beat the number one team in the nation in what was basically a home game for them. Preach. Saw a lot of people complaining about the announcers. Oh, dude, it was like, what, like, was Sean Farnham aware that Tennessee is a top ten team? Is he aware that our one loss was to like the number two or three team in the nation, only because our best pl- our the the reigning SEC Player of the Year fouled out? Like, was he aware of that? Was he aware? Seems like there seems like there are things that he should be aware of. Like, this is pretty standard stuff. Like, I can I can see if Admiral if if I like I can see how Grant Williams is you know. More is like more well known than Schofield, and like you don't talk as much about Schofield because Grant Williams won the awards last year. But like, dude, you would have thought we were chopped liver. Well, I do think that's why winning this game is important. I do think that's a big reason about why winning is so important is that now you do kind of get that validation. Because we had been like we, like whatever. You know, Michigan deserves to be ranked with their rank. Nevada's jumped us. Like, we had been slipping, and all we had been doing was winning. Like, Lenardi has us as a three seed. And I know it's December and it doesn't matter, but, like, this team is not going to be granted respect. There is no lottery pick. They are a football school, and they got put out in the second round last year. Like, they needed this win just for validation. Like they don't have to validate themselves to anybody. But they needed they needed to be validated in the eyes of the of the media. I mean Lenardi had us as a three seed. What a joke. Respect us. Respect us, Joe Lenardi. How does that taste? Your precious little Gonzaga got beaten in the West on the Pacific time zone, nonetheless. These boys traveled to the West. They packed up their gold mining equipment, and they went out and they struck gold. And they took down the number one team in the country right there, smack dab on an NBA court in Phoenix, Arizona. Pound that keyboard, Seth. Sorry. No, you're fine. It just, like, 
it was really annoying to listen to that game. I mean, like, they had Jerry Colangelo. Like, I know it's his thing, but, like, dude, nobody in the nation was caring what he was talking about. And he talked and talked and talked during the game. We had to go on and on and on about, you know, Brandon Clark and Norvell. And and it's like, man, you know, we got a lot of good players, too. I thought that Barnes would get a little bit more respect than that. Yeah, you, know, you would you, think so. You know what I mean? Like, that that, that, that would be kind of the validation of, of Tennessee into that status where you care about the program. But it's fine. It's whatever. You don't want to give Tennessee some respect? We'll come and we'll take it. We'll like take we, it. And, like, I know you didn't – yeah, and I know you didn't get to listen to it, but we had to hear a million times combined that Josh Perkins has broken John Stockton's assist record at Gonzaga and that Mark Few describes the way he plays point guard as art. That was said a combined 50 times tonight. All due respect to John Stockton. All due respect to John Stockton. Great point guard. All due respect to John Stockton, but this wasn't his night. This was not John Stockton's night. It was not. It was this not. This was Tennessee's night. And there's not even, like, his goofy son's not even on the team anymore. They used to love showing John Stockton in the stands. Mm -hmm. He wasn't even there. Wasn't John Stockton's night. It was Admiral Schofield's night. I mean, the SEC beat the two best West Coast programs tonight. Today. Alabama beat Arizona. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Um, Tennessee beat the best West Coast program. That's right. Gonzaga. That's right. The number one team in the nation. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Keep going. Um, I, 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 Tennessee looks like a Final Four team. I, go, I don't even know what else to say. Like, what else do you need to say besides that? Tennessee is clearly a Final Four level team. Now, obviously, like, the proof is in the pudding, so to speak, and they've got to get there. But, like, the questions I had about this team were – or have been answered. I mean, they went across the country without their sixth man of the year. The SEC player of the year fouled out, and they won. And, like, man, Gonzaga, is, they were annoying to play because they hit some shots that I'm just like, really? Yeah, they're good. Like, they're really good. But all their shots are ugly. Like They're all shooting flat-ass jumpers, it seemed like. Seems like a lot of their jump shots are just flat. Like they shouldn't have been going in. Let's get to some patron questions. Patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. Uh, if you liked yesterday's episode that was really basketball heavy and, and focused on the team and some analytic stuff, we're going to do those throughout the year on Saturdays. They will be a patron exclusive. Uh, me and Will Warren will put those together. After the you know the first SEC game of the week, then we'll do it, get it ready before the Saturday tilt, and kind of keep a snapshot of where the basketball team is and where they're related to the rest of the country, seating wise, things like that. He also put up his, showed me his opponent, show me my opponent. I guess it was his opponent too, but you know, with a real breakdown of Gonzaga and what they do on offense in, in Jeff form. So that's good content. Uh, Patreon.com/slash Reeds Ranch. We picked up a new patron just between recordings yesterday. Shout out to new five dollar patron Peter. Thank you, Peter. Love you. 
Love you, Peter. Thank you for the support. All right, let's get to some questions coming from patron Doug Brooks. He just wants to say, as the resident Suns fan of the Ranch Gang, it was so satisfying to see the Vols get a huge win in the arena that he's visited so many times. It did feel cooler that you had the NBA three-point line there. Like I did, yeah, I, I, cool. I, I did appreciate knowing that all of Admiral's shots were uh, three-point range in the NBA. The dagger was right there from, hey, uh, Phoenix Suns, I know you got some second-round picks at the top of the draft. You want to come draft me? This is what I can do. I think that'll be a big game for Admiral's uh, pro prospects. Seeing it on it, an NBA court it, was a lot was cooler. Cool. Yeah, and just doing it at a neutral site was awesome. Do you know anybody who went to Phoenix? I do not know. Me neither. Patron Dustin Kenyon says, please talk shit about all these dumb idiots that talked bad about Barnes. <laughs> mm, well. We were two of them. Seth and I were two of them. And a big knock on Barnes is still out there, man. It is. like These games are fun. It's a lot of fun. Tennessee is a great program. Tennessee is elite now. But what got Barnes ran out of Texas was that he couldn't win in the tournament. Yeah, that's so what like, I was going to say. We know this team is Final Four capable, right? To me, anything less than Elite Eight would be disappointing. Extremely. Like, I, I could probably live with the Sweet 16 knockout, but I'd be really disappointed. And, of course, if you lose in the first or second round, like, that's what got Barnes fired at Texas. It wasn't that yeah. he couldn't run a top – 10-ish level program, it was that the postseason success wasn't there. And, you know, so far it hasn't been at Tennessee. Hopefully this is the year Tennessee breaks through, obviously. Like, they have the team right now. Uh, they got veterans on the team. It seems like this team has learned from the heartbreak last year. Seems like they all kind of uh, have a mission. This should be at least a, an Elite Eight team. But Barnes Yeah, is I mean, I, I really hope that – um, I can eat what my words in five months, four months, four or five months. I really hope I can eat my words because I really want to be wrong about Rick Barnes because I want Tennessee to win more than I want to be right, obviously. Oh, yeah, for and, sure. And I really, really love this basketball team. They have a lot of guys that are really, really likable, like – even when, like, you know, like, we had some guys that really just weren't likable, like Dietrich Mostella. You know, like, we had some guys that really weren't likable, but show me a guy on this team that's not likable. Damn, poor Dietrich Mostella. He's probably listening to this. Like, what did I do to you, Seth? No offense to Dietrich. No offense he won, to Dietrich. He won us that SEC tournament game against whoever it was. Auburn? I don't know. Yeah, who cares? I just felt bad that Dietrich Mostella is probably just listening and minding his business, and you just called him unlikable. But, you know, we have a lot – but, like, this team, like, even Jordan Bowden, when he's been off, like, he's a really good guy, and he's played hard. And, like, he's never said anything. You know, he's kept playing awesome defense, and, like, he got benched. He didn't say anything. And without Jordan Bowden today, we don't win. Agree. So – I really want to be wrong. I really want this team to go to the Elite Eight. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously we do. Uh, obviously I do too. I, you know, I, I do think some people took it to the extreme, talking about recruiting and talking about him just being here to retire. You and me never said that. We never said, like, hey, uh, Barnes is just here to retire. 
but it was a uh, – we both thought it was pretty uninspiring, the hire. Yes, that, it was an easy – it was a very, very easy hire. That it was an easy hire, and you obviously felt like Barnes had peaked and that it was going to be hard for him at that age to, to build up this Tennessee program. We've been wrong about that. We've been wrong about that. Uh, the recruiting's obviously picked up, and the team is elite. They just have to get it done in the tournament. Yeah, I mean, like, the thing about the recruiting was that he, he didn't, like, he wouldn't go recruit. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, unless you're winning championships, like, you, and you're going to, people are going to be like, what? What are you doing if you're not going and recruiting? Like, I'm sorry, that's just how it is. Yeah. Um, so, like, the, it wasn't, like, he just wasn't going and recruiting, and now all of a sudden, well, that's totally changed. And honestly, I don't even care about the recruiting as much anymore because of people like Grant Williams and Jordan Bone and yeah. Pons. Like, he's found some – like, Grant Williams, like, you know, I mean, that wasn't – that guy didn't have big offers. No, I it, mean, was, it was Tennessee or Harvard, basically. So, so, Bone was obviously better than he was rated. And it seems – I mean, obviously, Barnes has – uh, started a program that's going to kind of, you know, have staggered contributors. And by that I mean, like, you have your leader as a senior, but you're, you're, you're you know, your your best player is a junior, your leader is a senior. Uh, you know, when one leaves, when Admiral's gone, you'll think, hey, okay, now it's Grant's turn, and then you'll kind of stagger that out. And they now have put in the five-star to, to come in next year. And, you know, it, it, with Josiah, is it Josiah James? Josiah yeah. James, like, yeah, like, you would think that he would be the elite talent that you need that's going to come in at a school with veterans and upperclassmen. This DJ Burns guy was a top 100 player, and he won't see the court this year because you're going to wait to develop him, get him to lose some weight, get him ready to play at a big level. So it's not like, hey, we're just going to try to get these one-and-dones and, and, and patch, patch them in every year. It's like, hey, we're going to try to do a program type of thing. Which is like, I mean, that's totally how it has to be here. You know, I mean, like, you can't, like, you can go and get the one-and-done guy and not have anything around him, and that's going to get you what Alabama had last year. Yeah. Like, we don't want that. You know, Tennessee's better than that in basketball, and, like, now you have a staggered program where you go out and you get a five-star that could have gone to Duke in Michigan State. And... I mean, Tennessee really looks set up for a while. Yeah, you no, know? it feels good. It feels like you actually have a, a sustainable program, and that's huge. And, again, hopefully we don't come out of this year feeling disappointed in the tournament. And then, you know, if just one good run would end all of that doubt. You know what I mean? Would end, would end all of that. Yep. Let's keep it rolling with some patron questions. My boy Tennessee says, Admiral talking shit. And then going for 25 in the second half against the number one team is an all-time great performance. No question, just a comment, and I agree. Uh, that was uh, pretty stout, Admiral talking shit, as he just kept lighting up Gonzaga. Yeah, I, I am sad to say that I missed somehow him him jawing back and forth with that guy. Yeah. I don't know how I missed it. but It was heading right into a timeout. Yeah, it was, like, I mean, was, was, was when you had the best shot of it. And, like, I had texted – my best friend, like long before Grant Williams had 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 fouled out, I texted him and I said, "Well, you know, 
one thing is for sure, Admiral is he's intent on at least attempting to take over this game and win it, you know, and win it by himself. Yeah. Basically yeah. is what I said. Like it just had, he had that look on him in the second half, like long before Grant Williams fouled out. Like I just had that feel that like, it was like Kentucky in the SEC championship game last year when we were down big and then we came roaring back because he just went off. Yeah. Like he had that, look that it was kind of like well you know i'm at least gonna try because they talked about before the game you know they had talked to him and he had talked about how sad he was how you know how much not sad how much they were bothered by the fact they hadn't been able to put one of these away i wish after the game he would have i know that like that's the message that barnes probably gave them that's the message the players want to have is like hey this is just another game but i kind of wish they would have just came out and said, no, we wanted this one. We wanted to make a statement. We wanted to show everyone that we are uh, among the best. And he, they, they sort of did by saying, hey, they really wanted to finish one and they really wanted to win this one. But he kept saying, hey, this is just another game. It's just another game. Yeah. You know, me personally, I wish somebody would, you know, if they just would have came out and said, no, we wanted to show the entire country what we're about. And that's nitpicking. And, of course, that's how they felt. They just didn't say it. They just didn't say it, yeah. Because, I mean, that, of course that's how they felt. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, they're 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 human beings that had lost several really close games to elite schools that they that could have gone either way. Um, and this was like, I feel like, I mean, I know the Villanova game was probably just as tough, but like this game was the toughest one to win. You know, and they went out there and like Gonzaga is really good. Um. That was definitely one of those games where, like, you left it and you were just like, goodness gracious, those teams are awesome. You know, um, it was just awesome. Let's keep it moving. Spencer says, are we officially a basketball school now? Yep. Yep. Chris Kilby, this is an interesting question. If Turner gets back to 100%, what five do you go with in the final minutes in March? If like who, Turner's 100%. Yeah, like who, who, who's the crunch time five? Although I'm, uh, I'm starting to get worried about Lamonte's shoulder. I am too. Like I don't know if he's going to be 100% the rest of the year. Like that that's scary to me. I wish now that they would just sit him until SEC play. Well, I think they will. I think they will. Like just sit him. But I don't, know, he, I don't know if that's what's going to fix it. I don't know if this is – because they're saying, like, his shot's off because they're overcompensating for the shoulder not being right. I hope it's not going to require a surgery or anything. So, I, I don't know. But if he's healthy, who's the five? Obviously, um, Grant, Admiral. Bone. Turner. Yeah, I like – I think I would go with uh, – I think I would. I, I think I go Lamonte. I think I go Lamonte, Bowden, the two big studs, and Pons. That's what I think I do. I, I think I have Bone on the bench. Really? I don't know. That's just my snap reaction. My my snap reaction is Grant, Admiral, Bone, Bowden, Turner. I just think with a. I just think with the backcourt of. Bone and Bowden, you just, or excuse me, Bone and Lamonte, you're just too undersized on the defensive end. Mm hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's something that Tennessee's got to figure out. It's a good problem to have, but 
it is going to be a problem at some point of, like, knowing who your five are. And obviously a little bit of that's matchup dependent, you know, with Alexander. Like, if you need a big guy out there, you got to have Alexander out there. you got to have Alexander out there. Um, and if, you know, usually – and usually both with Bone and Lamonte, uh, you can usually tell how they're playing. Mm-hmm. Like, if Lamonte's on an off night, like, keep his ass off the floor. But if Lamonte's yeah. playing well, like, he des- you know, he's, he's one of your five. And it's just like in big games, in big games, like how many times has Turner played bad? Like in big games. I'd say Kansas is the only one that I can – I mean, obviously there's – early in his career, everyone hated Lamonte. But, you know, yeah. last year he turned the corner. And, and like it, some of that, you know, he was hurt against Kansas. He still had like eight points in like 30 seconds against Kansas yeah, or whatever. That was in the first half, though. In the second half, he was off. Yeah. Like, but if we're talking 100%, when he is fully healthy, like we've talked about it before, that's who you you want the ball in his hands. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, he he was the one who had the admiral shot against Kentucky, right? Like, yep. That was like, hey, we're gonna let you know Lamonte's at the top of the key. Okay, do something, and he went out and made you a play. And he hit a big three against Loyola from the corner. I mean, it's just like when the like even if like because he didn't play really well against. Loyola, but when the game was when it came to like putting it on the table, like Lamonte's gonna hit the three, and it's like so is Admiral. Like, did anybody think? Did anybody think that Admiral was gonna miss that shot to win the game today? No, not the way he had it going. No, like like none of those threes he hit. Like he, when it was sixty-eight to sixty-five, he shot that one to tie it up. Did anybody think he was going to miss that? Like, the bank shot, like, yeah, he banked it. I, I, I thought he was going to make it. Yeah. You know, he did make it. Yeah. Just, but, like, that last three, like, did anybody in the world think he wasn't going to make that shot? If they did, they were probably a Gonzaga fan. So, I mean, th- that is a small backcourt. Like, Pons is just so big. There was one play tonight in the second half. We were in a zone, and we had over-rotated, and they had a guy wide open down on the block and passed it to him. And Pons came out of nowhere and, and deflected it out of bounds. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like – And tonight, like in, the, in, in, you know, in, in crunch time, he came up with a really big rebound that he just – he's just the most athletic person on the court and just jumped up and got it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah like he still needs some work. Like he still does some things that are just like, man, come on, dude, like – have you ever played basketball before? And no, he really hasn't. Yeah. So you just kind of have to live with it. The answer to that question he, is no. No, he hasn't really yeah. ever played basketball. Like, you just have to take the really bad with the really good, like him hitting a three, him deflecting that ball out of bounds, him him getting that rebound, him playing defense. It's just kind of like, you know, at this point, it's December. He's got four months to go. I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess that somebody as athletic as him is going to be a pretty quick learner. Well, he's already had, you know, he's already made obviously huge. Yeah, he, he looks totally different. Huge leaps from last year to this year. Yeah, so. All right, let's keep it rolling and go grab a couple more questions. Um, let's see. Tanner asks, uh, Admiral NBA. Yeah, I think Admiral. Admiral's going to get a shot in the NBA. He's too good of a defender and too good of a three-point shooter not to get a shot. He'll get an opportunity. Any, at this point, anybody that doesn't think that Admiral Schofield is an NBA player, they're putting way, way, way too much stock into things outside of actually playing the game of basketball. I said it last year. It just 
he's just a lot like Draymond Green in the sense of always going to be a little bit undervalued because he's a little undersized, but Admiral yep. just plays smart basketball and he makes big shots and and he's versatile on defense. Like Ad, Ad, Admiral's a really good defender. He'll he'll, he'll find a, he'll find a way to get a shot in the NBA. Like nobody in the world thought that Admiral Schofield could be where he's at right now besides Admiral Schofield. Well, that was cool to hear Rick Barnes say that after the game. They're asking if that was the play he drew up, and he was just like, yeah. And then when I, whenever he shot it, I just thought about all the work he's put in the last four years getting better. Yeah, like to think that he's not an NBA player at this point. Like it's sometimes, like I know the NBA is it, it's different, and it's a lot about potential. But like at some point, it does come down to like playing, playing basketball, and yeah. Admiral is really, really good at it. And they're all and, and basically since Bruce Bowen, basically since Bruce Bowen, there has been a there has been a place for guys who play defense and shoot threes, and he can do both of those things. Yeah, he can do both of those things. So he he will get a shot. Uh, Rob Rob tweets in, uh, Bernie and Ernie or Grand Admiral. I, I don't I don't have the uh, the answer there. I went way either. before my time, but this duo like is obviously. Uh, going to go a long way into becoming, I don't want to say the new Ernie and Bernie, but you'll think of them as a duo. Like yeah. with Lofton, Lofton never really had a running mate that got equal mm-hmm. footing. Like we all, we, we love Jawan Smith. We love Chisholm, blah, blah, blah. But like they never had a number two. With these guys, they are a duo. And it, it, it helps that both of those are stars and both of those are so likable, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, we're, we're, people are are rightfully going to talk about Admiral after today's about today's game. But like I said, Grant Williams had 16, 12, and seven. I mean, against the number one team in the country. You know, like he's awesome, and they're both stars. And like one night, and it's so nice because you can just. One night, one guy's going to be feeling it, and the other night, the other guy's going to be feeling it. Feels so good to win a game like that. It does. Got a it's lot just, of people. It's, got a lot of people asking where that ranks in, in terms of in terms of biggest wins. I don't know. I'm just happy, man. I'm just happy, like. Man, it's just nice to see, like, every, like, this team, like, these guys, like, I know it's cheesy, but, like, they really, really deserve to win because they're really, really good guys. Like, they're all good people. I mean, you got kids, they're going out, they're getting baptized. You got viral videos of them helping people on the street change tires. They go to the other sports games, like they go to the soccer games and whatever. Like Admiral helps out the football team. Grant was video. at Grant was at one of his coaches' daughters' recitals or something like that. Like you know, they are awesome, awesome people, and like none of them have an ego. Like Jordan Bone played awful, and when Admiral Schofield hit that shot to win the game, he went crazy. Like, these guys, the only thing that any one of them cares about is winning. And, it like, they they deserve to go to the Final Four. Now, you don't always get what you deserve or whatever, but, like, we do have today. 
And these guys deserve today. Nobody wanted these guys to play basketball for them. Nobody did. And they got to play the number one team in the nation on ESPN, and they beat them. I mean, we look like the clear, the best team in the SEC. And I would say Auburn's the second best. Kentucky looks not good. Yeah, Kentucky looks awful, but we know already. What's they'll turn happen. it around. Yeah. We know exactly what happens. He wants them to lose these games. I didn't even take. I didn't even take any joy yesterday in Kentucky losing. I didn't tweet about it. Didn't care just because uh, they were losing these games last year. It felt like, and then by the time the SEC they do it turned, every year. Yeah, he wants them to lose these games. Like he wants them to lose so he can he can totally break them down. And build them up through January, and then by February they start to show flashes. Then in March they look awesome, they, and they'll be they'll they, be a you know a four through a six seed or whatever, and they'll be the best team in their bracket. Yeah, it seems like they go through a a three year process like every season, right? Like 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 the, mm-hmm. the the lessons that Tennessee basketball had to learn the first two years of Rick Barnes to develop and become this team. It seems like Kentucky goes through that like every season. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like, like I know they lost in the Sweet 16 to Kansas State last year. They shouldn't have, but they, they were the best team in that bracket. Yeah. They were better than Virginia and Tennessee. They were way better than Cincinnati. Yeah. Like, and I know they lost whatever, but like that's just what they do. He wants, I, I am convinced he wants them to lose these games. Like it makes him happy because he can totally break them down and I, build them up. I don't know. He looked sad tweeting from his uh, from from Mass today. From- okay, the Mass tweet was pretty sad. <laughs> so so were the replies. I didn't read any of the replies. I did. I tweeted one out. The guy said, "Did you call a timeout during Mass?" I'm like, <laughs> "Really, dude? The guy's at church. <laughs> it's a game. It's a meaningless game. It's a meaningless game in December against a team that's made the NCAA tournament the last three years." But it's funny that he has taken that time to tweet it out from church. Yeah, so obviously things aren't going well if John Calipari is tweeting that. If he feels the need to say, hey, guys, it's just a game. I'm a, I'm a, good, I'm a good Christian man. I believe in God. Leave me alone. Okay, so Mike Palmer, friend of the podcast and great, a, a fine young man, he just, he just texted me this tweet from Megan Calipari. So speak of the devil, he literally texted me this two minutes ago from Megan Calipari. And it says, hi, just here to say that if you have a problem with my dad slash my dad's team, please feel free to complain all you want without adding me. Yell it to the universe. That's normal. Adding me is not. I don't coach, play, or have anything to do with basketball. So adding me on Twitter doesn't do anything. Seems like things aren't going well. Things are not going well. Seems like it might be meltdown mode. That's that's pretty bad. Like their fans are just unbelievable. Their fans are unbelievable. They don't deserve to make a run this March. We deserve it, damn it. We deserve a chance to to make a run this March. Let's go, man. Again, Kenny, Kenny Cody, proud patron. Love Kenny. Uh, he asked again, where does this rank on your all-time wins and lifetimes? Now, lifetime, I don't, I, I don't know. Um, especially if we're going with other sports. But as far as Tennessee wins, Seth, are you putting this one ahead of K- Kentucky at Rupp last year? Oh, man, I don't know. Because that – I don't – You know, we, we got asked earlier yesterday, like, would beating Gonzaga be the biggest win since Kansas? And to me, my answer was, man, last year at Rupp was pretty fun. Man, I went 
crazy. Like, today, like, I didn't move. Like, I, I just sat on my couch and just was, like, dumbfounded. Like, I didn't move when we won. Like, I stayed there for, for a long time. Like, I just sat there. Like, the Kentucky game, I was I was jumping in my apartment, screaming, going crazy. Like, I don't know. Like, not that that means anything. Like, I, I don't know if it's any better. There is just something about winning at Rupp. Yeah. That is just different. Yeah. And, like, I, not to take away from beating the number one team in the nation – Winning at Rupp is just different than anything else. And sweeping them in the regular season. And sweeping them in the regular season is something you were never able to do. And Chris Lofton couldn't even do it. And a game that went a long way, you know, to keeping you in the SEC championship race. Like, I, I, I go with Rupp being better than today. And today was awesome. Like, I, I fucking love today. Today was awesome. Um, I'm, I'm, I feel really good about it. But I, I go I go at Rupp. As being better, yeah. It's it's man. Those were both just. I mean, like, we've had some awesome wins in the last twelve or so months. Like that Purdue win last year was awesome. Yeah. I mean, we were nobody, and they were the best team in the Big Ten. Yeah, everyone had talked all year, all offseason about how they were a Final Four team. And Lamonte Turner came out and just buried some threes like and that was an awesome game I mean you know the only time I have really really lost my mind over this basketball team in the last 12 months was the Arkansas game (laughs) at at, at Bud Walton to open up SEC play like I, I really I really got redneck at the end of that game um but it's been mainly just awesome, awesome stuff. I mean, even the Loyola game, you just – it sucked. And, like, all those questions about Rick Barnes didn't get answered, but they went to the Final Four. It was wrong place, wrong time. What can you do? Like, but even this then, But even then, even as you lost that game, man, you still, like, got clutch, made a comeback. You were down yeah. late. You hit some big shots. And, you know, Grant Williams, you dump it into the post, and he goes out and gets you a huge bucket. And obviously you you lost, but damn it! Like even then, it was, it's been fun. And like that, it just yeah, seemed... that that loss would have been so much worse if we stayed down ten the entire game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a gut punch to lose the way Tennessee lost uh, to them, but it, it seems like this team answers the bell. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They do. We, they we, do. We, and we... they do. They're they're tough as nails. They might not always win, but they're not going to go down without giving it 100%. Yeah, we were looking at that yesterday, Will Warren and I were. Like, somebody asked about this team versus the Elite Eight team. That Elite Eight team didn't show up to, like, five or six games that season. No. Like, and got the absolute hell beat out of them a couple of those games. So, like, I, I and don't – got, like, I mean, I, I, I'm not taking away from the Elite Eight. Like, that was a very uneven team. Yeah, that was a frustrating team that got hot type of thing, it felt like. And, like, like, they played – Even when they got knocked out of the SEC tournament that year by Kentucky, they lost by 29 points. Like, they were frustrating. And, you know, I mean, they – they got to play Ohio in the second round. Yeah. You know, I mean – No, beating Ohio State was awesome. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. That – that – that – that's probably my favorite win uh, of my Tennessee basketball fandom. Undoubtedly. I think – 
some people would say Memphis, but the Ohio State one was, I think, my number one. And today, yeah. obviously, doesn't come close to it. And I realize that I've said obviously like ten goddamn times, so I'm sorry uh, for keep for for saying it. Obviously, I mean you just you're you're talking. It's okay. I know. I just this get is a, this is not professional radio. Sometimes I get a word stuck in my head, and I just keep saying it over and over and over. Though. Yeah, I mean, I think mine today has been awesome. Yeah. I feel like I've said it over and over. Today was awesome. I've said, obviously, 11 But it was. Times. It was awesome. 12 times. I, I, I mean, I, that, that, that bank three-point shot, like, I was just laughing. I was sitting here on my couch by myself just laughing like a maniac, like some, like an evil maniac. Like, when he <laughs> banked that three in, you know, like, <sighs> Amari Cooper just took one to the house, like 70 yards. Really? Yeah. That's the second touchdown. Damn yeah. it. I'm watching it on a stream, and I'm a little bit behind. That sucks. I'm going against Amari Cooper in uh, my fantasy playoffs today. So that fucks. Oh, I'm sorry. He now has 43 points. Oh. But I'm still winning for now. It's a two-week thing, but, yeah, it's probably going to be basically tied after week one because Amari Cooper has 43 points. So that's great. Yeah, I got. I got a like our my fantasy league. The playoffs start next week, and it's only four teams go. Um, Where's well, is, is four teams, and it's two weeks each. Okay, so I'm in. Congratulations! But like, I'm the second seed, but Drew Brees has got to get it going, man. I might have to start Andrew Luck next week. What are you doing, forty one? I just saw that play. Yeah, I, that was pretty bad. That was it? such an easy throw. Oh my god. Like he just quit basically. Yeah, what the hell is he doing? Like, like he just he just stopped base like he put his arms down or whatever. It looked like. And then Cooper was just off. Nobody's catching him. I mean, that's obviously been a really good trade for the Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah, it worked out. Man, today was going so great for me, like in just all sports wise. Like all sports wise, everything was going great. Fantasy team was kicking ass. Titans obviously won on Thursday. The Vols won. And the NFL is given a lot of uh, good results for their playoff chances today. The Chiefs beat the Ravens. So we haven't even, because the game was such a big deal, we haven't even talked about me going out in the cold, in the tundra, and putting on for our Titans last Thursday night. That's true. That's true. I, I don't think I don't think they get that win without you, buddy. I, I, I know they don't. I know they don't. What was I mean, your takeaway from there. the? What was your takeaway from the? Uh, the hollowed ground that is Nissan Stadium. That Derrick Henry is a lot, lot, lot faster than he looks. Yeah. Like I was watching. I guess I was like watching it on the jumbotron, or something like the ninety-nine yard touchdown or whatever. And I was just like, man, he looks slow. But then, like, you would see other highlights that, I, like, I, and I was just like, man, he's he's actually flying. Like, he is super fast. I don't know what it is about his stride that makes him not look fast. He's just a big old boy, and it takes I him guess, a while. Like, he, he just has high top end speed. Like, he he's got straight line speed. He has. I to. mean, how annoying is Jalen Ramsey? Like, that was some pitiful behavior during that game by I, him. I like Jalen Ramsey, and I hope the Titans find a way to get him on their team sometime. But, yeah, him talking that shit and then not even making any effort to really tackle Derrick Henry was pretty funny. Like, 
And then at the end of the game, the game's over. He flops and tries to get Taylor Lou on, you know, in trouble or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it was a total beatdown. Like, the only way that the Jaguars did anything good was by the Titans do something, doing something stupid. Yeah. The, the, the interception by Mariota was, was terrible. It was the bad. guy was wide open, and he just overthrew him. It was awful. And then the punt return. But, I'm, don't really... but I'm happy right now. As long as San Francisco holds on to this lead, they're up 20 to nothing at halftime and haven't done anything in the, in the second half. They're currently got the ball up six. They need to win to beat Denver. Now, that would be huge for the Titans. Oh, my goodness. What just happened? You'll see. No, just I won't see. I'm... Touchdown, Eagles. Oh, okay. No, that's fine. Who, who scored? Uh, never mind. It's fine. That's pretty crazy. That well, there's a, the flag on the play. Go Bear, go Burt, go Bear. Go Dare. Yeah, that guy's a beast. Go Dare. Oh, it's a D. It was like a 70-yard touchdown. Was it? Was, it, the, was the flag it, on them? I think it's on Dallas, but I'm not sure. Okay. It was like a 15-yard catch, and he just – all right, Seth. We have we have been requested. Uh, we have been requested. That's the last thing we'll do. Get an NBA team ready. Get an NBA team ready. They want you to do a reverse NBA quiz on me, and you set okay. the over under. Okay. So get one ready. I'm gonna hit this live read right quick, and then uh, we'll return. I want to take this time to give a thank you to our new sponsor, Healthy Bean Organic Coffee. Uh, it's not just healthy. Is the healthiest coffee on the damn planet. You're going to ask, what's it going to do for you? Uh, well, hold on, let me think. Um, it's got your antioxidants, your protein, iron, fiber, increases your endurance levels, your heart health, your brain function, and a lot more. Probably help you have better sex, too. Although I don't know if that's true, but I'm just going to assume. If you want to have better sex, Healthy Bean Organic Coffee, healthybeancoffee.com. Use the promo code RANCHGANG, one word, capital R, capital G, RANCHGANG, to let them know you heard about it here and get a small discount. Certified organic, healthy bean organic coffee. All right, we'll see how fun this one is with you giving me the reverse NBA quiz. I hope I really don't disappoint people, but here we go. I'm going to set the over and under at six and a half. Six and a half? All right, what's the team? The Portland Trailblazers. The Portland Trailblazers, six and a half. Um, I think you should go over. I think. I think. I think I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna tell you. I think I'm gonna get at least nine. Okay, we're gonna go nine and a half. No, you don't get to reset the over under. I'm just telling oh, okay, you. I'm okay, just. Okay. I'm, I'm telling you what my personal over. I mean, it's is. really impressive to me that you're gonna be able to get nine of these guys. I'm not doubting you. Like I, I have a really, I have really high faith in your NFL, in your NBA knowledge, which is why I set this at six and a half. All right, let's see it. I, I'm, I'm gunning for nine. Okay. Uh, Lillard and McCollum. Lillard, yep. McCollum. Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum. Mm-hmm. Uh, Al Farouk Aminu. Yep. Uh, Does he start? Yeah. Or so he he's did, good. He, yeah. Nusef uh, Jerk Jerkic Jerkic. Yep. Right, so that's what four. How did you say? What did you say? Nurkic. It's like Ju- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's Jusev Nurkic or some shit yeah. like that. Um, you got Evan Turner. Yep. What is that? Five. That's five. Who knew he played for them? Uh, I did. They gave him a you big did. deal. They gave him a huge deal. Um, let's see. You got Zach Collins. Yeah. From Gonzaga. You got Little Curry, Seth Curry. Yep. So that's six. 
No, that's more than six. That's that's seven, seven right? Seven. That's seven. Seven. Yeah. <sighs> Who else do you got? So you got you got Aminu, Collins, Curry, Nurkic, McCollum, Lillard, Evan Turner. That's seven. Yeah, this one might be my first L because I'm not 100 percent sure he's still on the team. But is uh, Shabazz Napier still there? No, sir. Okay, so he's gone. They got a white guy. What's his name? Uh, Nick Stauskas. Yep, that's eight. They got Stauskas. They got a white guy. Uh, let's think. Is this might be my other L because I don't think he's still there either. But is Mo Harkless still on that team? Yep. Nice. That's nine. Let's go. Um. Am I missing anybody that you know? I know who they are, but I didn't know they played for the Okay, so you do know the these Blazers. people? Okay, you do know these people? Yeah, I know a lot of them. Uh, Ed Davis is gone, right? Ed Davis is in is Ed, da- Ed Davis is gone or is he uh, I, I guess I'll be my guess. Ed Davis, he's still there? No. Okay. No. I think he's in Brooklyn. Um nine. Two strikes. I think that's it. I think that's all I got in me. They have Wade Baldwin the fourth. I had no clue he was there. He doesn't play. Jake Lehman. Who I don't know who that is. Myers Leonard. Ah, God, Miles Leonard. That was like the first person I thought of whenever you said this quiz, and then I Miles Leonard. Yeah, he actually plays. So I should have gotten ten. Damn. Anthony Simons. Okay, they drafted him, but I don't think he plays. Uh, Caleb Swanigan. Okay. Gary Trent Jr. Whoever that is. Okay. Damn it! I should have gotten Miles Leonard. Yep. All right. Not bad. Nine. I'm happy with my nine. That's what I said I thought I was going to get. Got nine. Peace out. All right. We'll put this podcast up. Seth, appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon, my brother. Go uh, eat some dinner. Enjoy the win. That's what I'm about to do. All right, John. I love you. I it's love a pleasure you. as always. I love you. I love you, and I love the patrons, and I love all the listeners. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye-bye, buddy. See you.